Amen, right? Oh, this is good. You can have a seat. It is just so, so lovely to be together, to be here as a community, to gather and to sing. Thank you so much, friends, for leading us in song this morning. It's lovely. We are so grateful that you're here. You're joining in with us as we are launching into a whole new ministry season for Lakeview Church. And there are all kinds of great things happening. Today is just the beginning. Lakeview Kids is back in the, in the 11 o'clock service. They're going to be opening up the spaces for our little ones. And I know Theo and Penny cannot wait. Our Young Adults Ministry is launching this Tuesday. And Aiden and the team are so excited to gather our young adults together in community. Lakeview Youth is launching this Thursday. And we are also gearing up all of our home churches to launch in October. There are many, many ways that you can join in in this season, and we would love to help you get connected. And if you want more information on anything that's happening, you can head over to lakeviewchurch.com connect. Also, you can make use of your handy-dandy pocket-sized Lakeview journal. If you didn't get one, uh, make sure you grab it on the way out. Uh, the journal is a little bit different this year. You'll notice it's kind of two-sided. And so on the orange side, you can flip through, and it's kind of a catalog of all the things that are happening in a church, and it'll give you a sense of you know, the, the ministries and the people and the, the vision of our church. And then if you flip that over to the blue side, you'll get the notes for the coming teaching season. So you can get a feel for the teaching series that we'll be um, leading our church through throughout the entire year. And so you can make use of this as a way to track with the ways that God is speaking to you and to pay attention to the way that God is, is whispering and, and the way that God is communicating to us all. And hopefully you find that to be a useful tool for the entire season. We're really thankful to have a journal back in our hands. Uh, we also are so thankful for all of those of you who've been generous and giving throughout the past year. And if you believe in the good work that God is doing through Lakeview Church, we continue, or we invite you to continue to give. And you can give through a variety of ways. There are give boxes at the exits with envelopes where you can uh, insert cash or check. You can give online at lakeviewchurch.com slash give. You can give at the info desk. You can give through texting 84321. And we appreciate all of your generosity. You know, this, this weekend is a big one for our church, for the legacy of our church. We are celebrating 100 years of Lakeview Church in Saskatoon. And after the service is done, there's going to be all kinds of ways for you to continue in that mode of celebration. There's going to be food to enjoy. There is a suggested donation you'll see. We appreciate your generosity in that. But there's bouncy castles. There's games. There's fun. And we just invite you to please come and stay. Stick around. Let's enjoy being together outside. It's going to be great. And as well, this is part two. Many of us know that last night, we took part in an amazing evening of celebration. There's a 100-year committee who has worked tirelessly, putting all that kind of work together. And I think they deserve, we gave them a round of applause last night, but they deserve another show of appreciation. 
Last night was tremendous to hear the stories of our church and God's faithfulness. And as well, you should know, over this past year, we have been retelling the stories of our church from the past century in the form of videos. And if you've missed any of those videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. And we want to share with you the last installment of our 100-year videos telling the story of God's faithfulness in Saskatoon. So we'll turn our attention to the screen now. The story of Lakeview Free Methodist Church finds its meaning and purpose in God's big story and in God's activity to heal and renew our world. Our 100-year-old story is part of a 2,000-year-old story of people just like us, organizing themselves in new and creative ways to extend God's love. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, Lakeview Church has been mobilized locally and globally by people who have chosen to follow Jesus. For 100 years and counting, this congregation of believers has risked and sacrificed, experimented and innovated, all in the name of Jesus. And while the methods have changed over the years, the mission has remained the same. In the early 1920s, we began with tent meetings and children's Sunday school. Innovative in their time, these first efforts set the DNA for an outward-facing church. Soon after, the Women's Missionary Society was established to support missionaries in the field and at home, encouraging global efforts financially with food, clothing, and hospital supplies. Lakeview Church continued to adapt to the needs of a changing world. By the 1970s, Lakeview began participating in humanitarian work in Haiti, helping build a hospital and nursing residence in Dessalines. Over the following 25 years, funds were raised, multiplied, and used to finance ongoing construction projects. Into the 1980s and 90s, refugee settlement initiatives began, first with a group of young men from Vietnam, and later in Rwanda where Lakeview sponsored a family of seven to escape the Rwandan genocide. During that same era and beyond, youth missions trips created opportunities for teenagers to travel throughout Canada and the world to participate in the ongoing work of God's renewal. And by the early 2000s, Lakeview established a partnership with Hands at Work, sending teams, resources, and financial aid to provide food, shelter, and education for Mulenga's most vulnerable children. Here in Saskatoon, introducing friends and neighbors to Jesus continued to be a priority. And as always, Lakeview evolved alongside the changing Canadian context. Highly skilled musical teams played a new role as exciting concerts, events, and performances led the way. By the late 1980s, Sunday services transitioned to include contemporary music, dramas, and theme-based sermons designed to reach unchurched friends and neighbors. Because of these new initiatives, the church grew, and as it grew, 
specialized support groups were launched to address the felt needs of these new followers of Jesus. In cooperation with the Free Methodist Church in Canada, families from Lakeview Church helped launch three new churches in Saskatoon to reach new communities, including Nutana South Free Methodist Church in the 1970s, which later became Avalon Alliance Church. In the 1990s, Saskatoon Free Methodist Church, which later became Hampton Free Methodist Church, and most recently in 2013, Riversdale Neighbors Church, a uniquely positioned congregation in Saskatoon's gentrifying Riversdale neighborhood. It would be very natural to look back at Lakeview's history and feel the impulse to recapture moments and past successes, but that would be a mistake. To look backwards would be the opposite of what Lakeview has been doing all along. Instead, we must look forward. Standing on the shoulders of those who came before us, it's now our turn to tell the story of Jesus in new ways and to dream about what the future of Lakeview Church could be. What could the future church look like for Lakeview kids, for Lakeview youth and young adults, for our local and global initiatives, for spiritual seekers, for new believers, for elders and longtime disciples, for Saskatoon? It's been said that the best way to predict the future is to invent it. So perhaps the time has come again for Lakeview to reinvent herself for God's glory and for the benefit of our world. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. So may our first 100 years encourage our next 100 years. May each of us continue to find our place and play our part. And may there always be room for new people and new ideas. And may we be found faithful as we continue to join God in the renewal of all things. Well, it's uh, so fun to see those stories. It's so fun to have... Uh, you know, seen our, our story retold over this past year. And I can say that it feels like an honor and a privilege to be a part of the team that gets to provide some sense of leadership for this next season ahead. And so um, Allison and I wanted to just take a chance to introduce our, our staff team for the 2021-2022 season to our entire church. So if, if, if we've not yet met, my name is Curtis and I am executive pastor here at Lakeview Church. Allison Lover, and I'm the spiritual formation pastor here at Lakeview. Yeah, so we just want to take a chance to introduce our incredible team to you. So Darlene Clausen uh, has previously served as our kids pastor, and Darlene has actually stepped into a new exciting role for this season. So Darlene is our family formation pastor, and she's going to be working with parents of kind of all ages of children, uh, and uh, especially focusing in on those parents who have kids and Lakeview Kids and in Lakeview Youth, and we're just excited to have Darlene just like overseeing all of us parents as we raise our children in our church. 
David is our worship arts pastor. You guys have probably seen him around as you've been as we've been gathering back in person. He's also helping carry the load for Sundays now that we're filling in space. And so a lot of what happens on Sunday morning is programmed and administrated by David. Janelyn Bergen is our youth pastor. And Kim is our new kids pastor. Hi, Kim. She, uh, yeah, it's great to have Kim on our team. She's a new face on our team. Aiden Mari is, uh, he's like, a, honestly, like a bit of a Swiss army knife on our team. He's done all kinds of things. And if you've been tracking, his job title has changed the most. So his, his role is our young adults pastor. So he will be helping steer and lead a new initiative to help gather our young adults together within our church. But he'll also be providing some help with Jana Lynn, with Lakeview Youth. And as well, he's still helping us out with some video media kind of stuff. But young adults is going to be his jam. Heather Fraze is our facility guru. She like does all the rentals and all the planning for how our facility is used. And whenever we have some special event like we do this morning, Heather is the brains and the brawn behind that. Yeah, she's amazing. Brayda, oh, yeah. claps for Fred, I think. Maybe that's good. Good work. Is that Fred? Uh, uh, maybe it's Brendan. That's her, that's her nephew. Oh, proud nephew. That'd go. <laughs> Breda Berg is our financial uh, administrative assistant, financial admin. She's our bookkeeper. Breda makes sure, like, she's like a backbone for all of our financial processes, all of our giving streams, and all of the expenses and processing. So that's what Breda does on our team, and she's incredible. Sarah Stade is our communications person. We're all learning how to do this right now. She does our Facebook, our Instagram, our website. She's amazing. Melissa Riston is on our admin, our admin team, and she is one of those other staff who just is doing incredible, important work in so many areas, helping with a lot of Sunday logistics, helping support a lot of our ministries, especially with some really important work within Lakeview Kids. And uh, yeah, she does really important work on the admin team, along with Shauna Duick, who's not here, but uh, Mel and Shauna kind of anchor our admin team here uh, at Lakeview. So why don't we give a big round of applause to our staff team for this year? We, we represent... The, the, the paid leadership of our, of our church, but there are many other people who do important work, and especially there's an important team uh, of volunteers who serve in our church, and they are our board members. So I'm going to go ahead and invite our board members to come on up and join us on stage. Uh, board members are elected by our community of members at our AGM and uh, they, they serve in a significant capacity, giving oversight and direction and casting vision so that Allison and I kind of know where we're headed. And uh, I'm going to hand things over to our board chair, Ben Schock. Joe, I'd like to uh, invite you up here. And I uh, just want to uh, welcome everyone here this morning and just say that we're so glad that you're all here and that we can be uh, together. Like Curtis said, my name is Ben Schock, and I serve as the uh, chair of the Lakeview Governance Board. And uh, as most of you know, of course, Joe has uh, decided to resign, and that was as of the end of July. And we just want to uh, address you directly, Joe, and uh, just say thank you. Thank you for your, your devotion and your dedication to Lakeview and, and to the people of uh, our community, right? Thank you for, for challenging us in uh, new ways, challenging us to read and study our Bibles in new ways, and to think about how this shapes uh, our views in our city and our world. Right? 
you brought us a new and creative uh, sermon series and uh, ideas to discuss in our small groups. Uh, you encouraged us to look for new ways to engage our city, and you created discussion panels uh, for us to uh, learn from. You met with people in our community individually and collectively. You led us in baptisms and learning parties and weddings and volunteer training days. You did so much amazing work to serve our community and our people. So thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. We appreciate you so much, and thank you so much. So I'd just like to pray for you as well here, Joe. So I'll have uh, Nathan pray. Uh, wherever he is, there he is. I just want to pray for Joe. Uh, just send him off. Uh, would you close your eyes on that prayer with us, please? Uh, God, we thank you so much for Joe. God, we thank you that you led him into this church eight years ago. God, we thank you for his spirit. Uh, God, we thank you that you put a, just a, just a, a sense of uh, purpose for Lakeview. God, we thank you for his posture, the posture that he's changed for Lakeview over the last eight years. God, our posture that our, our hands open uh, in front of us. God, we thank you that he's led the team uh, so well these last eight years. God, we just want to bless him, bless his family, bless Sarah, Beth, bless Ethan, Ella. Uh, God, I just want you to, uh, there's so many good things that we can say about Joe. God, so many things that come from you. We recognize those spirits in him. God, we recognize his giftings, that he's uh, led this church so well. God, we have nothing but praise and adoration for him, for his heart, for his purpose, God, that we just uh, love him. God, we all love him so much. And we want to continue that relationship with him. Uh, as, as long as we can, because, God, we just want to be around him. God, we thank you. In your name, God, we praise you. Amen. Thanks, Nate. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much. We can have a round of applause for Joe. So, again, we, we on the stage, we represent um, so, some of the leaders in our church community for the season ahead. But there are many more. In fact, we know that many of you in the room are actually like excited for the season ahead because there's a part that you know you have to play. So I'm actually going to invite more of you to stand with us, just right where you are. If you are a home church leader in the season ahead, please, I invite you, would you stand up? If you are a youth leader or you are a Lakeview Kids volunteer in this upcoming season, please stand up. If you are a part of a worship team or you are a tech volunteer, please stand up. If you're going to help out as a greeter or in the cafe or you're going to help with the groundskeeping or if you have any kind of volunteer role in the season ahead, please, we invite you to stand up with us as we recognize that there are many people who are gearing up for the season ahead. It's just so great to see. And then I just stay standing and I invite everyone else to stand. As you've joined in today, maybe for the first time, maybe for the 99th time, maybe for the 100th time. Uh, it's a wonderful weekend that we've had of celebrating. So we want to pray together. And um, after a pause, um, where I invite you in the pause just to speak your own prayers to God, um, following the leads that we give you. And then we will pray together in that way. So let's pray. Lord, you've been our dwelling place. You've been our home through all generations. Before the mountains were born, before you brought forth the whole world, from one end of everlasting to the other end of everlasting, you are God. And a thousand years in your sight are like a day. 
that's just gone by. We're like a watch in the night. And this weekend, we mark 100 years as a church body. It feels long to us. Maybe to you, it feels like a breath. Your breath has hovered over us. We see the many people and the lives and the events and the prayers that have shaped these first hundred years. We thank you that you have always heard our prayers as they rise in a whisper or a shout or a cry or in laughter or song. So together now, today, we pray, Lord, hear our prayers. Thank you for your faithfulness in times of joy and celebration. Thank you for your faithfulness in times of struggle and transition. Thank you for your faithfulness during this past season as we've walked and as we are walking as a society through a pandemic that has affected so many of the ways that we live and gather as your people. So Lord, would you supply us with wisdom and strength as we continue to walk with you? Lord, would you continue to bring to us the leaders with wisdom and strength to help us to continue to walk with you? Leaders in our church and in our city, in our country and in our world. And together, Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, thank you for the people standing in this room. Thank you for those who have stood ready with a yes. Yes, we're going to be part of this. Yes, we'll volunteer with home church or kids or youth or music or in the bookstore. Yes, we'll pray. Thank you for people ready with a yes to join in and serve. Would you strengthen each of us for this task, Lord? Would you supply us with joy and creativity? Would you supply us with your joy, your wisdom, your peace, your love? We run so short of these things on our own. But you are our, our generous provider who loves to give to your people. So we hold our hands out to you, Lord Jesus, and we ask that you would fill our hands so that it spills over into our lives and into our church and our world. And over all of that, Lord, we ask that you would pour your spirit of unity over us. Help us to care for each other deeply. Help us to see each other as we walk together, as we think about what we need so that we can serve would you give us what we need? And together, Lord, hear our prayer. There are times in our lives, Lord, when we feel hidden from you. There are times in our lives when we feel exposed by you. There are times in our lives, Lord, when we can't help but wonder if you are there at all. This morning, would you gather us together?
Would you help us to sense you pulling on the threads of our lives, drawing us towards you and towards the beautiful work that you are doing in us and through us and sometimes despite us. And together, Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, you've been our dwelling place, our home, through all generations, before the mountains were born, before you brought forth the whole world from one end of everlasting to the other end of everlasting. You are our God. We pray all these things in your name, and we say together, Lord, hear our prayer. So welcome to our 100th kickoff. Now, I'm not sure that every year of the last 100 years has looked like this year. What do you think? But we have, in one form or another, been doing this for 100 years. We've had 100 years of meeting together, 100 years of worshiping and praying, of finding community, of wrestling with the story of God, and wrestling with what it means to follow God. Now, this kickoff is the most recent in our long history, and it's a bit of a doozy, isn't it? We are living in unprecedented times. Anybody sick of unprecedented times? Anybody ready for some precedented times? Yeah, I'm ready for some precedented times. But here's your encouragement. We are not the first ones to live through uncertain times. This year, just like the last 100 years of our history, is a part of the bigger story of scripture and of history. We are not the first ones who have had to restart in the middle of unknowns, and believe it or not, we're not even the first ones to live through unprecedented times. And that's why we're going to spend the next two and a half months camping out in the Old Testament, exploring the sacred stories of those who, like us, had to begin again, had to restart. And it's our hope that as we dig into these stories, that you might be able to locate your own story in this grand plot, in this sacred text, and that you might be able to find some encouragement, some challenge, some comfort for your own unprecedented times. So let's kick this off, shall we? So September has always been a time of change for me. Uh, like most of us, for 20 years, I uh, trudged off to school at the beginning of every September. You know, I started in preschool, then grade school, then junior high. That's what you go to in Alberta. You go to junior high. Then high school, then college, then grad school. And then for about 20 years, I sent my own children off to school every September, basking in the bliss of a quiet house after a crazy summer. September is a time of change. It's a restart. But also, I was married in September. My first baby was born in the fall. I suffered some of my biggest dings in September. And this year, you guys, all of my children left my nest in September. So you will alternately find me thanking God for the free Wi-Fi signal in my house and also sometimes in fetal position in the corner because I miss them. 
September holds some of life's biggest challenges and changes for me. In fact, in the early morning of September 1st, 2006, I also brought my two adopted sons home. Now, 10 days before in the early morning, my kid's dad and I sat on the couches in our living room waiting for our ride to the airport. You know, it's like 5.30 or 6 a.m. in the morning. We all know that feeling. And we had done everything we needed to do to get ready for the boys' arrival. We had bought a new, bigger house. We had bought the bunk bed and gotten the quilts to match. Our friends had thrown us a shower. Their room was full of clothes and toys. We were ready. And we ourselves had packed our bags. We had our passports and our visas. We had our yellow fever vaccine. We were ready to go. We had everything in order. And as Brad and I sat on the couch that morning, we looked at each other and we both started to laugh. We didn't even need to say what we were thinking. We both knew this is what we were thinking. What the heck have we just done? Our lives as we have known them are over. We were in that silent moment between the comfortable old life and the unknown, crazy new life that we were going to have to embrace. There was no going back. We had already gotten on the ride, and we just had to put our arms up and enjoy it. But that moment, when you realize the old thing is gone and you're waiting for the new thing to come along, it's terrifying. Restarting is scary because there's always that moment when, like an acrobat on a trapeze, you let go of one handle and you're about to grab the next one, but there's nothing holding you for that split second. You just might fall. This time between is called liminal space. Liminal space is that moment on the edge of the couch when you realize it's too late to get your old life back. That's over. And you're not sure you can or you want to move into the new thing. And this September is full of liminal space energy for us, isn't it? But as any great storyteller knows, it is these moments of liminal space, these moments of restart, of change, that actually propel the plot along. These moments are like engines for transformation. Embedded in liminal space, in the time in between, is the potential for change, for conversion, for repentance, for deepening, for transformation. And that's why we're exploring stories in scripture of people who have had to restart because the writers of the Bible were also master storytellers. And they knew that it is in the midst of retelling these stories that we see the drama of redemption taking place. It is here where we see God's plan to redeem and renew all things intersect with the particular stories of people and nations. These stories of restarts are where we are most likely to see God propel the story forward in ways that are new and life-giving and sometimes even miraculous. These stories of restart also 
creates sacred space for us. So years ago, I was driving with my son, Kiedis, and we were stopped at a red light behind one of those cars with the stickers on the back window, you know, that represents your family. You know, there was a dad, a mom, two kids, a dog, a cat maybe. And without thinking, I said aloud, I hate those things. Now, if you have those on the, your back window, I apologize. I want you to know this is a me problem, not a you problem. So you proudly drive your car with your stickies. Um, but the fact that this was a me problem was super clear to Kitas, who has this uh, crazy knack of kind of naming things that I don't really want to hear. And so he said to me, Mom, why do you hate those stickies? Do you hate them because our family doesn't fit in a set of stickers? Do you hate them because if you had stickers, it would fill up the whole back window of our car? Because you'd have to put dad and his wife, and then you'd have to put my birth mom and my birth dad, and then you'd have to put my bio siblings and several dead dogs and cats. Is that why you hate those stickers? Basically, he was saying, your life doesn't fit on a car window. It's too messy. And that's exactly it. My life story is not neat enough to tell with window stickies, and neither is yours. The only thing big enough to encompass our lives is a story. Story is the most natural way of enlarging and deepening our sense of reality, and then enlisting us as participants in it. Stories open doors to areas or aspects of life that we didn't know were there, or had quit noticing out of over-familiarity, or supposed were out of bounds to us. They then welcome us in. Stories are verbal acts of hospitality. And the story of scripture is hospitable. It invites us to find ourselves in the echoes, in the chaos, to see that the story of God is big enough to contain all of the variables that life throws at us. Our experiences are not outside the bounds of the story. We are included. One thing you'll notice, though, as you read these stories through the next two and a half months, is that not all of them turn out okay. In fact, many, if not most, don't. And so we, while we might be able to locate our chaos in the middle of those stories, what is the hope in reading them if they don't have a fairy tale ending? Well, the key is to look at the whole trajectory of scripture, the plot line. This is what brings coherence to the smaller stories that sometimes feel more chaotic than redemptive. And simply put, this is the plot line of scripture. God creates a good world, humanity rebels, and God redeems. And not only is this the plot of the overall story of scripture, over and over, we see this same plot played out in the smaller stories. God calls Abraham, he messes up, and God redeems it. God rescues Israel, he leads them out of slavery, and they complain and argue and disobey God, and God redeems it. 
God leads the people into the promised land. He gives them a king. He makes them a nation. But they do things their own way. They take things that are not theirs to have. They break the rules and abuse one another. And God, again, steps in and redeems the story. God creates. Humanity messes it up. And God redeems it. But notice that the hope in these stories is not located in the human characters. They are not the heroes. The hope in this plot line is God. The hero is God. Exodus 34, 6 could be the theme verse for this sermon series. In fact, you should maybe memorize it and read every story through the lens of Exodus 34, 6. This is what it says. The Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. The theme of God's faithfulness and redemption is echoed over and over in the story of scripture, but it is also echoed in our lives too. Today, as we celebrate 100 years as a community, we're reflecting on our story. And it is a story of missteps and mistakes. It has chaos in it, but it is also full of goodness and grace and joy and energy and life. And you know the plot line that holds it all together? God creates, we mess it up, and God redeems it. The Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. As a community, we're a little like Brad and I sitting on the edge of the couch that morning, right? Waiting for our ride to the airport. We're in that liminal space. The old is gone. What will the new thing look like? We don't know. But the one helping us write our chapter in this story is the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And maybe you too feel like you're in a liminal space this morning or that your story is too messy to fit in this story of scripture or maybe in this community, but you too are invited to join your story with the God who is abounding in mercy, abounding in steadfast love and completely faithful. Because God's plot line doesn't end with the story of scripture. It doesn't end until all of creation is gathered up in God's redemptive love. The story continues. And so all of us are invited to gather the fragments of our ordinary life and submit them to the extraordinary plot line of God's redemptive history to find coherence and meaning, to find community and belonging in this story, in this church, you too are invited into the story of Abraham who packed up his whole family and set out for a new country he knew nothing about. The story of Hagar whose abandonment was the space that propelled her into a future as the mother of a whole nation. The story of Jacob who wrestled with God 
the story of Moses, who heard God's voice in the burning bush calling him to a new life. The story of the Israelites who God led out of slavery, who God formed into a people for God's own sake. The story of Joshua who led the nation to the promised land. The story of Ruth who made a promise that changed her whole life. The story of David who had to do the hard work of repentance. The story of Josiah, the boy king who rediscovered the joy of living in God's ways. The story of Ezra and Nehemiah, who had a building project go sideways. And the story of Lakeview, where God has faithfully been at work for a hundred years. But ultimately, you are invited into the story of a faithful God who has room for you and your story. Thank you.